Welcome back to The Talking Hedge. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your Cannabis Business Podcast. All right, today we're going to take a look at a report from Bloomberg on CBD supply seen shrinking as farmers are fleeing hemp. And whether or not that's true, we're going to talk to Katrina Gogowski, angel investor and attorney. Katrina, thanks for being on The, po- on the Talking Hedge, whatever this podcast <laughs> is called. I love being a guest on The Talking Hedge, Josh. Thank you. We love having you here. So looking at this article, we, we like talking about things that are true and not true, <laughs> just to keep a straight perspective. So is CBD shrinking our farmers fleeing hemp? What's the truth? The truth is farmers are in fact fleeing hemp due to massive oversupply and with the passage of the uh, Farm Bill in 2018, we saw enormous numbers of farmers planting hemp for the very first time with various levels of success, which in 2019, when those harvests were uh, brought in, we saw a huge glut, and, and there's no other word for it, but glut of hemp on the market, which caused the market to crash. And Josh, I'm gonna just state right from the outset, uh, I do appreciate individuals reporting on cannabis and hemp, it needs to happen, Uh, but this is an example of a a very misleading article. Uh, And I I don't wanna say that the author of this article did this on purpose, but it's very misleading. Uh, And we can get to the details of why it's misleading. Uh, But uh, if I'm a farmer and I read this article, oh, oh, now we need more CBD, we need more hemp, I'm going to grow it again. Uh, No, don't. Please don't. (laughs) Pretty please. 600,000 pounds coming out of California last year for hemp. It made for a lot of those Eastern Oregon farmers not come back at least this year. And I've had people in Washington want to plant hemp and I'm telling them don't indoors, you're going to be spending probably 600 a pound uh, for your entire facility to grow a pound of hemp when you're only going to be able to sell it for $250. So right now, uh, there's an excessive amount of hemp everywhere. Illinois last year took offline 18,000 acres. So they don't need it. And we've seen that there's already enough hemp in the market. So I don't think that people are fleeing. I just think there were too many people to begin with. Just like cannabis, you don't need 1,400 tomato farmers in, in a state. You don't need 1,400 cannabis farmers. You don't need 3,500 in Oregon. You don't need 7,500 in Oklahoma. 7,500 licenses in Oklahoma. They're about to become just as bloated as Oregon with a billion uh, joints equivalent um, of cannabis in, in excess just sitting out there floating because there's too many licenses. So um, definitely not really what's happening. There aren't um, shrinking supply. There's, there's actually um, a normalization in the market. So when we saw $18,000 kilos of CBD, that was just because there wasn't enough um, facilities making that water soluble or uh, isolate or distillate, whatever it was. Um, and now prices are normalized. CPG, um, CBN, and some of the other more rare cannabinoids will be expensive initially and come back down in the same way that we've seen with cannabis and hemp. So normal, I think maybe, but definitely not, um, 
this article is misleading at best. I'm assuming she, this person just doesn't know the industry at all. And they're looking at the numbers and not really knowing what's happening. Too many people came in and now they just realize they can't stick around. So we had way too many middlemen to begin with. So maybe it's a good thing. I would agree with that, uh, Josh. We were seeing 45,000 licensed hemp farmers in one year. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, that was 2019. 45,000 people rushed in to this industry. And just like your example with the tomatoes, that's probably 40,000 too many. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, now, I, again, I don't want to ding this particular author or this particular publication because technically speaking, she's just reporting on the data. And yes, uh, there is a massive fall off in that licensure number. There is a massive fall off in the amount of acres being grown. Uh, but that is not an accurate predictor that come harvest this year in September and October, there's going to be a CBD shortage. That's just not true. Uh, and in fact, I suspect we have an oversupply again this year as well. Uh, and so this is just an example of what you were saying. Uh, the statistics are one thing, but you have to understand the reason for those statistics and think about it critically before making a prediction based on those statistics, Josh. Right. Yeah. I mean, saying that the price is coming down and the number of people are leaving, that's one thing, but they're just inferring from that, that there is going to be a reduction in supply and that's just not the case. So not understanding how much product people are sitting on is, is a lack of understanding to the industry. So maybe leave that to the experts. But what we can see is there is a absolute reduction in price. And so as this article kind of uh, reports on that, the CBD biomass prices are far below where they were a year ago, trading in a range of 40 cents to $1.05 um, relative to over $4 in July of last year. So with that, they're right. Prices are dropping, but that's because uh, the supply and demand is just natural economics. So and we saw this in cannabis as well. Everybody rushed to grow cannabis and they were getting $250 a gram coming out of the gate. And then what happens? Prices crash. Why? Because there's more supply and people are regulating this. And um, the market is regulating itself with growing and, and production that doesn't mean that uh, the cannabis market is going to crash and there's going to be a shortage of cannabis. And so it, I'm just questioning this article. Uh, you know, this isn't new. This trend occurred in cannabis. And to imply a shortage of supply is, is erroneous, I think. Right. I don't think there's a, a reduction in supply. Not yet. There's still people manufacturing CBD. So although the hemp production is reduced dramatically, thankfully, some of those people didn't even deserve to be in the industry. They didn't know what they were doing. They didn't have the right genetics. They didn't have the right beans for the right longitude, latitude. So bye-bye. We had way too many middlemen. Good to see you gone. Um, so CBD sales from, uh, according to Brightfield Group, 
they're reducing the number, uh, their outlook. So reducing its sales outlook, looking at the U.S. market projected to reach 4.7 billion this year. That's up 14% from last year, but down from a forecast of 8 billion. <laughs> so they're significantly reducing the outlook for 2023 to 12, almost 12 and a half billion uh, from their $20 billion projection previously. So almost cut in half. That's a significant reduction. And I don't even know if that's accurate. I think CBD um, is popular. So I was just in the Reader's Digest this, uh, this week or last week, whatever. And I'm getting a lot of people asking me like all over uh, Michigan, Illinois, Florida, someone from Washington. Um, and, they're, and they're not young, you know, they're 70s, 80s. And some of them have tried CBD and it didn't work. And they're really upset and they want to know how it worked for me. And so it's really about uh, that we've talked about is, is, product awareness and, and finding the right product. So there's plenty that don't work, uh, some that do. And those that do will do really, really well. You just have to get rid of the garbage. And as soon as we filter through and normalize and mature, I think this is going to be a huge kind of vitamin C style um, supplement that people are going to demand. And without understanding the market, maybe you just think this is another commodity. I don't. I think this is a, a holistic tool that's going to be incredibly popular once there's a trusted brand. I agree with your basic premise of treating it as a supplement and the desperate need for quality product. And I think your uh, information about contracting the market by half, uh, it's probably right, but for the wrong reason. Uh, I think that trusted brands of cannabis are gonna make up that the bulk of the sales as fly-by-night operations fall off. And so you have brand X that doesn't even put any CBD in their product at all, uh, calling it, you know, let's call it fraud. Uh, they're not going to have any more sales and so they're going to drop off and then the trusted brands uh we use charlotte's web as an example quite frequently on this podcast uh their their sales are going to continue uh, and so again another example of deceptive statistics that are actually correct but for the wrong reason yeah, there's some good brands out there locally. I like Zone In. That's a local brand nationally. Uh, Charlotte's Web has got a great reputation. Um, hopefully some of those become more available and um, people can try it and figure it out for themselves. Or if not, you can just come back to the talking hedge and take our recommendation and figure it out from there. I want to thank my guest, Katrina Golgowski, angel investor and attorney. Thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks, Josh. And I would encourage people that are writing about cannabis or hemp to talk to somebody who's not in a hedge fund, somebody who knows the difference between THC and CBD, and somebody who knows the market. Uh, it doesn't necessarily need to be Josh Kincaid, but if you're gonna write articles, talk to somebody who knows the industry so that you don't end up with skewed statistics like this. Thank you. Yeah, but you can always talk to Josh Kincaid too. With that, we're going to roll this one up. I'm Josh Kincaid. This is The Talking Hedge. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't, and I'm out. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com.
Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, my name is Kira Reed, and I'd like to invite you to be inspired by the women who are leading in the cannabis industry. Each week, we will discuss empowerment, leadership, and what it means to be a woman in charge in marijuana, hemp, and CBD. As the founder of the Women Empowered in Cannabis community, I have had the great pleasure to get to know many brilliant and talented women who are CEOs, executives, politicians, advocates, and community leaders that are focused on creating a cannabis economy that is just, fair, and equal. We'll learn how these women make decisions, how they navigate a predominantly male industry, and what they're doing to level the playing field for women. I hope you'll join us.